Okay, well, welcome to another episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. We're in joyous mood uh, today when we're recording this on uh, Sunday morning because the final score at Ashton Gate, it finished Bristol City 4, Birmingham City 2. Uh, an unusual result for us against them because I think they've won nine out of the last 11. So uh, well done, the lads. Joining me uh, this morning are uh, Neil and Mark. We may have... Uh, Ian in later, who stood in admirably last week when I had technical difficulties, but I'm doing it from my office where I know I don't get that thing called contention with different networks. It's what I was told was a problem last week, but there we go. Anyway, chaps, as uh, we normally do, without getting into the detail of anything, uh, how did you feel walking away, uh, Neil, yesterday? Obviously positive, but what are your thoughts on the game uh, in summary? How did I feel? I felt very, very cold, Dave. It was... (laughs) freezing you particularly from the dawn when I, I i was frozen but it's it's a bizarre thing that even at 4-2 and you and you're still there and the seven minutes come up and you think oh no no, no surely surely not you know and there, there's still that thing isn't there of um going back to that forest game when they scored twice in injury time you know do you think don't don't get a third goal for birmingham and don't don't get a fourth goal i didn't think we were going to lose but until that final, until about maybe two minutes left of the seven, I thought, oh, we've, we've definitely won now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still don't have massive confidence in us at home, unfortunately. That's the problem, even though we've played well. Yeah. Mark, your uh, your your uh, thoughts on uh, the game? For those of oh, you who haven't heard it on Radio Bristol, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'm always exhilarated. I mean, we, we from going from thinking where's the next win coming from to blow away a team with some of your attacking play. It was entertaining. It was a great game of football, <coughs> very open, too open at times, but it was exhilarating watching us attack in waves, making football look simple when we made it look bloody hard for the last three months, scoring four goals in a game when we've taken, we've only scored 19 in the last 18 after we started the season so well. And we just looked so comfortable playing a 4-3-3 in attack, probably a 4-2-3-1 in defence. But uh, we had the WSM, now we've got the SWS with Semenyo, Wells and Sykes looking really comfortable together. And it all happened by accident, but they'll make it continue. Well, that's right. I say it happened by accident. I mean, we've said uh, on here for a while, you know, we should, well, not we, the flat back four is an option. Um, I've, I, I also said playing Naismith, uh, in midfield might be an option because, uh, you know, it takes him out of the, the danger zone, although a few little passes put his teammates under pressure yesterday. But, you know, if football was like that every week. It would be, it'd be fantastic because as you use the word exhilarated, you know, you walk away from that and you think, well, you know, and then here we were, or certain people, although Mal, my partner said to me, well, you were saying it as well, this time last week, we were calling for Pearson's head, you know, and he, he was, he was gone. And, you know, has he stumbled? across a formation that uh, that works. Will he stick with it? He couldn't shoehorn Andy Vyman into the side in uh, any shape or form, although, as um, I think it was Richard Forrester reported, he was on the team coach. So, uh, you know, there was a few concerns there, but he might be uh, in. But, uh, you know, no, it was great atmosphere. We'll talk about atmosphere later as well with Block A uh, in the Dolmen. I don't think there was 21,500 people in the ground looking at all the spaces and the shots from the uh, Dolmen showed how empty in some parts of Lansdowne was. But it was it was great. It takes the pressure off. We can go into the game at Plymouth. 
not Plymouth, what am I talking about? On the Tuesday night at uh, Swansea, <laughs> <laughs> on the brain because they got a lady. Where's, where's he going? Where's where's he going? <laughs> yeah. And then what price a draw? Put your money on Blackburn getting their first <laughs> draw of the season against us. They got a worse goal difference than us as well. And this table, you know, if we <laughs> if we won four in a row, you never know what could happen. I mean, yesterday, Luton at one stage were third when they were 2-0 up against West Brom. And then by closer business, they were down to ninth. But, uh, you know, I think we're a bit too far adrift to have any uh, particular aspirations. But let's look at the lineup, starting with you, Neil. I mean, no real surprise there, really, was it? Uh, how it how it shaped up, you know, in with injuries to right. certain players. You know, it was a flat back four, whichever way you look at it. Agreed? Oh, Dave, phone in the background. Sound like Ian there, don't I? It probably um, was, and it was. <laughs> um, I hate to, I, and I hate to do another Ian, but on the uh, on OTIB, I did actually put the exact team, and it made sense on the basis of who we had available and the way we finished against Swansea. Because the only difference, I suppose, was Naismith there from the team finished against Swansea, Naismith rather than uh, Williams. And uh, other than that. It's pretty much the same team, isn't it? It kind of picks itself a little bit at the moment with all the players that are persona non grata and... Or injured. Or injured. You know, you haven't really got any depth. I have to say, I'm not quite sure what team we're going to put out at Swansea because um, we've got fill a bench full of nine and uh, you're going to rest any of the players. I don't think you can rest any of the players because I don't think we can put any sort of, realistically, any other different team on the pitch at the moment. Mm. Yeah, maybe Jason Yule gets a player registration done, you know, and he's just sat there to make up uh, make up numbers. And as Ian said, with three in the land of the Banish, five injured, you know, we were making up numbers on the bench uh, yesterday a little bit with uh, a couple of youngsters on there, which is uh, good of Nigel to put them on the bench because in the days of Steve Cottrell, he wouldn't to make a point. Uh, Mark, Ian's made... Sorry, Neil, Neil's made the point that uh, the side almost picked itself because of the injuries. I mean, that was so true, really, wasn't it? You know, that there wasn't a lot else you could do, was there? No, I mean, there's, there's, there's no depth at all. The best, the best side w- w- was on, was on the pitch, but uh, in the formation, the, the, the way that we played, we were just so tight as a unit in both defense and attack that we were prepared to try things and fail sometimes. I mean, play, you know, Cam Pring, uh, you know, you think we couldn't beat an egg last week, wouldn't go outside the man, you know, constantly, constantly got tackled, was going inside. Morning. You know, it's better to try and try and fail. You watch, watch Alex Scott was just pivotal to City, you know, picking the ball up in, in space. And, and But he was being supported. The difference between last week and this week was that, we could we could play short passes because it was we we were prepared to pass and move the ball at pace, very at, at pace. That was the difference. When we came out of defence last week, we uh, Swansea would take corners and the ball would be passed out to the side. The player would have their back to goal and it would bounce off them or they get tackled. They'd be pressed by by Swansea and we were losing the ball. We 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 when we brought out the defence this time we, we came out on mass. There was always there was always options for Alex Scott to play players in. 
I mean, I yeah. think after after about ten minutes, he hit somebody on the heel, didn't he? Very unlucky. We had a we had an overload, and he, he played the ball forward. It might have been to Semenyo, and it hit hit his heel and came straight back. But we kept we kept doing that, and that's how we we went we went one up. It was we were prepared to attack as a unit and get bodies into the box. And you think sometimes you think why haven't we been doing that? Well, that's the big. That, but I think we were anchored. We were anchored to that formation with three four one two or three five two where we didn't really get the wing-backs into the games. They weren't really affecting the game. This yeah. formation, it just looked so tight and it, it, it looked so fluid. The football was fluid and that was what made it exhilarating because we passed and moved. And a number of chances we created. It was yeah. like watching a different team. Would you agree, Neil? And you're thinking, this is, these are the same players. The players haven't changed. What's going on? It's morning, just... Yeah, morning, Ian. We can see you there, so I better let Ian uh, come in on uh, that. We won't ask for your uh, 30 seconds quick review of the game, Ian, but uh, since we're talking about uh, formation, the size uh, picked itself, really, didn't it? You know, you, you, I already quoted you a moment ago with, what, five injured and three in the land of the banished. You know, we were struggling to get a match day 18, but uh, as, as Mark has just said, you know, side picked itself. But why so different in terms of pace and tenacity and, and everything? Ian. The side. The side. This, 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 You're gone. Yeah, switch, switch off your feedback. Um, the, the side picked it. Well, as we, the, the squad picked itself. Uh, the side didn't pick. Let's give Nigel Pearson some credit. The side didn't pick itself in that formation. So we started off four three one two four one three two. So you you've got Sykes in his best position and lo and behold he scores two goals. So you'd wonder why that hasn't happened before. But I don't want to be too critical today because that was the performance we've been asking for. Uh the tempo was there. We had width, we had pace, uh, we had a bit of endeavour. We had some clever passing from midfield. We broke up play in midfield and played through them. And I think it was a good job because Birmingham were one of the best attacking teams with some of the best attacking players I've seen down there this season. Uh, I liked Bakuna. Um, I liked uh, Chong. Uh, really liked uh, Graham, uh, the guy wide wide left, the bald-headed guy. I thought he was useful. Um, but... You know, we, we came out on top and we thoroughly deserved it and we scored four good goals. And, you yeah. know, centre-back that might say that Wells pushed him out of the way when he went through uh, and, and got his goal. I mean, if, if, if Naki Wells can shove him out of the way, the size he is, he needs to get on the weights, doesn't he? Well, that lad who they'd signed him on uh, loan, I think, from Burnley and uh, he'd been there about eight or nine years and managed 69 appearances over that time. And as somebody put on uh, Twitter, it might have been a Blues fan. You could see why, you know, because he was uh, he was a bit like the Titanic on the, the turn. We come to the goals now. Uh, start you near the first one. Um, you know, 17 uh, minutes. Uh, Pring, what a revelation. And, uh, you know, he put his chest forward. Talk us through that first goal as you saw it, uh, Neil. Well, I mean, it... it... First half, we got Alex Scott on the ball at every opportunity, didn't we? And he looked uh, more purposeful in his running and got his head up. And, um, yeah, Pring running on the outside. I mean, what a revelation Pring's been. Second half, well, when I say second half of the season, last last 10 games or so, isn't it? Mm. 
mm. you know we were talking about the lack of productivity from our from our wing backs when we were playing in the wing back position but is that his fourth assist fourth or fifth assist and of course the goal at Rotherham as well yeah. So he's playing with a bit of confidence now. He seems his fitness seems better. He used to blow after about sixty minutes, but his fitness looks better. His energy looks better, and he's got a pace on him as well. So he gets on the outside. He gets to the byline, and we've just got bodies, bodies in the box for, you know, three of the goals really. Um, in this formation, part of the problem I think is with the wing backs. We get it they might get to the byline and they're crossing for one or two people in the box against five. Now with this, we get to the byline, he's looking up and we've got four or five in the box. Yeah, you're right. And just bodies in the box meant such a difference, didn't it? Yeah, really. Absolutely. And he gets up and Semenyo, to his credit, actually chests it quite nicely, really, yeah. albeit from two yards. I'd be a bit disappointed. But it's the type of thing that you could see he tries to go with his head and it goes ballooning over the crossbar or something yeah, he's like not, that. He's not, he's not a great header of the ball, is uh, no. Antoine. Mark, four minutes later, probably the, the, the <laughs> I say it puts City very much in the driving seat. And, uh, you know, credit to referee John Busby, I thought had a good game. You know, he let a lot go. The game flowed uh, a lot. But, um, you know, was that, was that a foul by Wells or just a, a robust challenge of which Birmingham put in quite a few? I mean, Ian and I were chatting about it after the game and it was similar to Embuemo's challenge on Canati when uh, he ran through to score Brentford's third against Liverpool uh, a couple of weeks, a week or so ago. Uh, the ball was headed out of defence by Naismith and he's just side by side with, with Kevin Long and he just eases him out of the way. It's just a, it's just a, 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 you know, a shoulder, shoulder to shoulder challenge and he goes over like a sack of spuds and what a finish. From Naki Wells, you know, sweeps it past John Ruddy into the goal, and we got we got two goals in four minutes, and we're on top. It is it, is fantastic. We scored we scored what three goals in five, two goals in four games, and then suddenly we scored two two in four minutes. And Absolutely two, crazy, but and two two good goals. Ian, two great on, goals on the half hour. The uh, penalty. I thought we lost out badly in midfield, or was it doing it again, play, Dave? But to, to, What's that? You're gonna if if you're gonna ask me to to describe Birmingham's first I'm goal. Go, wait for me. Go on then. Wait for me to ask the question <laughs> because we're not. I hadn't even got to the goal. I was talking about the build up to it. So what? I will say what I'm going to say. We lost it in midfield. That was where the attack was created. Now, Ian, take us through the rest of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, sorry. We had Darren uh, Bakuna. I think it was, was surrounded by four of our players over by the touchline in front of the Dolman stand inside our half. Somehow we managed to get through all four of them, run with the ball. Of course, then he's opened the field up. We've got four or five players plus the forwards out of play. The ball gets worked wide. Deeney holds it, squares it out um, to, I don't know who to. Chomp. He tries to come inside. Camperings actually, I thought he slipped, fell over, and took the lad down with him. So yeah, clear, clear penalty, and Deeney, Deeney stuck it away a treat. And what about his antics towards the crowd? It backfired on him in the end, didn't it? Yeah, well, that's that's how it goes. I actually, providing they're not provoking trouble, I don't mind 
because he was getting some earache. I don't mind it when players give a little bit back. I don't, I, you know, a little bit like Scott Murray. We're always showing that iconic picture of him running along the bob, a bob bank, doing the Ayatollah and holding his ear. So we're happy enough with that, aren't we? So, you know, for Dean to stand there like he did and whatever he did, I don't know what he did because obviously I'm in a dorm and he's a, he was a long way away. I'm look, like, looking at him and, and like you say, in the end, it's backfired on me, eh? Definitely. Yeah, he did, Definitely. A, he did a sort of quieting down, you know, he pushed his hands down. Yeah. You know, yeah, sort well, of saying nothing, quiet. is it? It's nothing. That's nothing. Nothing. I mean, he didn't do, I think some of the, the Huddersfield players last season, uh, when, when they won, unfortunately, it led to some uh, racist chanting they actually went right up to the crowd Deeney was just on the on the pitch you know he didn't go wandering up to the the south stand he was he was a couple of yards inside the touchline when he did it or whatever and yeah it was no it was no problem it was nothing it's just a little bit of banter no problem there at all yeah he was uh, he got to be called... good enough to, to be able to to carry it off and he wasn't in the end like Ian so, said. some some bloke in the lower lands down in the posh seats as well about 10 rows behind me he was giving him some stick when he was on the bench and uh, i do think dean is one of these players in the dressing room he's probably a strong a strong character in the dressing room and a uh, should we say a rookie manager like eustace is you know he's probably well, it's probably his last season, but I would think, you know, he's one of those players that you maybe want him out the way. Uh, his best days are behind him. And, uh, you know, he, I've just read it from Watford uh, uh, in Watford forums that he exerts an influence that is maybe above his station. But there we go. Anyway, the Prawn Sandwich Brigade might have missed the third uh, goal. Uh, Neil, you know, again, Cam Pring, you know, I mean, eat your heart out. Kyle Walker or, or whatever, take us through that uh, goal that put City back in the driving seat and gave us a cushion of a two-goal lead just after the interval. Well, I was quite well. I was quite surprised that Birmingham didn't change their formation at half-time, first of all. I mean, it was quite clear from the first half that the formation and the personnel they had on the pitch, they were fortunate to get to, to be at 2-1, really. I mean, it was Naismith... Uh, James and Sykes with the missed tattles right in front of me in the dolmen, which was pathetic, quite frankly. And I and I still think they could have somebody could have taken out Bakuna rather than let, letting him run on our three. But that's, that's me being a bit cynical. Um, but I thought they were going to change the formation. So when they came out, and I, I thought, you know, it's that Einstein quote, isn't it? Doing this, it's almost like us, isn't it? Playing that formation and expecting a different result. But they came out, they set up in exactly the same formation and um, fair play to Pring again. But Pring this time came inside, didn't he? Yeah. And showed showed some really quick footwork to go in, out, in, out, beat about three players and then cross to the penalty spot where Sykes is completely unmarked. Doing, in some ways, running off that wing a bit, a bit like an Andy Vyman type thing, really. Yeah, no, he took that away in the space where Vyman was. I think it went behind... One of our players as well. Uh, before it behind got Wells, to, yeah, it was Wells, was it? Yeah. And uh, as you say, you know, it was an easy, uh, easy tap in. Um, numbers in the box, Dave. Numbers in the box. Yeah, no, and again, but same. Well, was it the same players? As, you know, as the previous week, almost um, sixty-six minutes. You know, we really are in uh, dreamland, uh, Mark. When uh, it was Semenyo, I mean, he scored one. And uh, he did his transfer of prospects uh, no harm at all, did he, with that surging run 
down the left, further out than uh, than, than um, Prings. But uh, take us through that. Another good. Finish. Well, we're just we're coming at a defence. It's great. Pring Pring plays the ball down the wing to Semenyo, and you know he's one on one with a defender. Great upper body strength. He takes it nearly to the line and drills it across the box. Big set number 16, drills it through the legs of a player. I think James misses it in the near post and Sykes is at the back post behind uh, Wells, who jumps out of the way. And it's yes. terrific. And it's just so simple. Football is so simple. Uh, you know, pass and move the ball, ball quickly, get bodies into the box so you've got options. We don't have a lot of options sometimes. Because you know we don't have we don't have the players there, but when you support the man on the ball like we did yesterday, and you pass the ball quickly, break the lines. It's it, it's just so easy, isn't it? It, was so it won't be like that best. every week. Teams yeah. won't be that open every week. Lots of teams will sit in and they'll try and pick you off. Birmingham, you know, felt we were there for the taking, and we probably were on our, on yeah. form. But we've 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 just played some great football. But it was out. We played it right out from the back. Pring just passed the ball, passed the ball to Semenya. But he was you know he was running onto the ball, so he's there as an option. If Semenya loses the first ball, and another thing we did yesterday, we won lots of second balls, and mm. so you know so many second balls to you know to keep to keep attacks going. And if you press down. If you you know you 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 you're you're playing high up the pitch, it's hard for teams to get out then, isn't it? And you recycle the attack. I mean, that's what happened with the first goal, because the ball that you know the corner, it was a corner on the left from James and Naismith just just switched the play back to the back to the left for Semenyo to set up Pring. Just you know we just kept playing. Yeah. If you, at first you don't succeed, try again. Yeah. Or Pring to set up Semenyo. Ian, those. Uh... Two goals. Um, well, it was Cam Pring showing what we know he can do, but Semenyo is best. But Sykes round pegs in round holes, some would argue, yes? Well, it's exactly what all the Oxford fans that I converse with said about Sykes. This is not a wing-back. He's certainly not a full-back. He's a right-winger. So, or if you want it in modern speak, a right-sided wide midfielder. Um and he, he he just showed that he had that instinct. Although Pearson was quick to point out after the game in an interview I watched that he um, uh, that he should be there anyway if he's playing wing back. But the problem is if you don't dominate in midfield, and we did partially yesterday, not entirely, but we did uh, dominate in midfield. You can you your fullbacks have got the um, ability to move on. But Sykes is now further up the pitch. He hasn't got exactly the same defensive responsibilities and he felt more comfortable getting into those positions in and around the box. Yeah. So it, it is about, yes, people paying people in the right positions. People say, well, it's not about formations. Well, that proved yesterday that it is about formations to get people into those rightful positions. I mean, not... Lionel Messi is arguably the greatest footballer the world's ever seen. But he can't play right back. Yeah. So th there's that. Um, you know, there, there's that. And it was George Tanner probably had his best game for the club, would would people say? He's a right back. Yeah, no, that's what he is. Oh, it was unfussy. It was unfussy. If you, um, the other thing, I mean, David, you is if you, you, you play... The criticism I'd have of Sykes was his crossing. I thought his crossing, particularly in the second half, he had a lot of chances to get quality into the box and he hit the first defender of the keeper. 
So I yeah. would criticise him for that. Um, and, and like Pearson said after the game, I mean, he was typical Nigel Pearson, you know, don't get too up when you win. Uh, don't try and be too dang when you lose. Um, although he has got that terrible habit of throwing people under the bus sometimes. But yeah. he, he said, yeah, it was a good team performance. But let's, he didn't say let's not get carried away, but he said, but there are still, you know, significant areas to improve on, or words to that effect. And, and well, I, I'd, I'd agree with him. Absolutely yeah. agree with him. Sykes, Sykes doesn't, he, he tends to cross the ball early and the ball was hitting the first defender and, or he wasn't hitting it, he wasn't getting his foot round the ball to hit it round the defender. What he didn't try and do, he didn't try and go for the line at all or go inside. It was all early, early <coughs> passes. He, you know, he didn't want to try and fail. Like, and he did try a few things like Pring. Pring would go outside, Pring would go inside. Sykes was just very one-dimensional in, in his crossing and you'd like to see him just try a little bit more. Even if he fails, you know, give it a try. Try and take your defender on the outside. Yeah. Then, of course, the defence is stretched. You can bring another player in as well, can't you? Make the pitch but wide. Said, it's, the first time, it's the first time that he's being played in a position because he even said in an interview at the start of the season, well, I didn't come here. I've never played at right wing back before. But uh, let's move on uh, to the, the, the sixth goal of the game. Their second, Neil Kadera, if that's the right pronunciation, or Kadra, uh, a player that uh, Nigel described as a maverick and it was taught that he was somebody that was on our uh, shopping list. A hint of offside about the goal, but a decent finish, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and Fantastic. Nobody at, nobody <coughs> yeah, fantastic finish, fantastic pace. I know just before we started, I... I asked you because because I'm an E32 over the far side and it was so quick uh, the break that I couldn't see whether or not he was offside or not and I've looked on the highlights and even the cameras the angle of the camera doesn't quite catch him coming up from the bottom of the screen um, so and you even you weren't sure were you <laughs> just the actual pace it's one of those that VAR would probably be called in and and sort of look at. What we missed as well, Dave, just as we were talking about there, was a fantastic opportunity for Birmingham to get to 3-2, to get a goal back, a fantastic cross by Bakuna from the left that Maxine Colin, for some reason, managed to put wide from about three yards. Yes, you're right. Yeah, at the back post. 3-2, wouldn't it? Yeah. And at, at 3-2, I think that would uh, have really, uh, you know, that, would, that might have been interesting because second half, when they started bringing the players on, made a difference, didn't it? Eustace there with the players on the pitch suddenly, you know, changed the game with his substitutions. He arguably had a stronger bench than us in a lot of ways. But fantastic break by Kadra, very calm, composed finish. Um, nobody was within five, six yards of it. And it, it was a bit bizarre in the sense that obviously we were playing quite a high line, but to break on us like that, it's not, it's not a normal goal that we concede either, is it? I think everybody in the ground sort of did a bit of a double take because that's not the type of goal we concede this season at all, really. No, no, no. And we it lost, was a good we lost. We, we lost <clears throat> the ball. We actually lost the ball in their half uh, from Mark Sykes and Jordan Graham, who we were lauding earlier. Um, he he robbed him and played a beautiful pass with the outside of his foot round the corner. But the players, similar to the first goal. There were about three or four players in the vicinity. We'd headed the ball clear. Then, then uh, Sykes had, had tried. He tried to get a, make, start an attack, and he just lost it. 
Uh, I think he tried to go forward and then turn round and and and, and was off balance and, and Graham just robbed robbed him easily. But there was just a huge space behind, like there was with the first goal with the overload, and that's how Kadra got in. He yeah. beat Atkinson for pace, yeah. opened up his body brilliantly, didn't he? It's a great finish. Yeah. Mark, sticking with you, um, Ian's already said George Tanner, one of his uh, best games, his clearance, his ability to hook the ball down, I thought was a feature of his play. And yeah, he looks solid, which is great. And he's playing in his rightful position. But Viner and Atkinson, Viner, uh, you know, impressive again and tough love that Pearson has given to Atkinson and Pring, probably to Viner uh, as well. But those two at the centre, you know, they looked very assured yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I think Viner's, um he's been one of our best players this season. Some of his performances in the last few games have been exceptional. Great against Millwall. Uh, commentary, some of his tackling was, was absolutely superb. I think his positioning is, is great. And, of course, he needs a bit of pace because Atkinson, uh, although physically he's good and he's good at bringing the ball out of defence, he, he, he'll get caught. And he, you know, he got caught yesterday by Bakuna very early on when it looked like uh, you know it was a bit of backs to the wall before we we started breaking out of defence. So, uh, yeah, uh, Viner been, has been an exceptional defender this season. Another one I thought was going to be on his way out, like Naki Wells. He's mm. uh, he's been moved around. He's been played at right centre back, uh, uh, right right back, uh, all over the place, hasn't he? But he, he he hasn't complained. He's been loaned out by the club. Previously, we thought people said Zach Viner lead one footballer at best. Yeah. He's, he's proved that he's a, a, a proven championship player, and his no. stock is on the rise. If he keeps yeah. playing like this, then he'll get noticed by other clubs. But yet, yeah, exceptional defending again. And he's still what is he? Is he twenty four, twenty five, something like that? Don't know anybody. Yeah, twenty four, I think. Yeah, and with about approaching 150 games at senior level, so he's done well. Ian, um, coming to you on the midfield. Now, Some we've been saying about playing Naismith in the middle, taking him out the back four. Some people said yesterday that he was dropping into the defence, so it wasn't really a flat back four, and others have countered that by saying he was picking the ball off the defenders. But um, the makeup. The starting midfield yesterday was effectively, if you're going to say it's a 4-3-3 or whatever, but it was James, Naismith and Scott. Give me your views on each of those uh, individual player performances yesterday. I thought Scotty had a, a very strong first half, but tired. Uh, whether that was something to do with a knock, I don't know. And, and I would, if we come on, to the, we'll come on to the team later for Swansea, but I would personally rest him. Uh, for the Swansea game, so he's fit to play against Blackburn, and we had an excellent game uh, away against this season. Yeah. Um, the James would drop back alongside Naismith, and they'd swap place. There was good rotation in our midfield, I thought yesterday. And yeah, Naismith makes mistakes, and it was the same conversation we had the other week when I said, "Well, you either say, yeah, he's gonna, he's got a rick in him, he, he'll do that.'" but he'll do four good things for the Rick. Yeah. And that's the kind of game he had yesterday. He ran his socks off. He was all over the place. Um, got an assist because, as well, didn't he? You know, with his header. Yeah, because I, I thought his, his free kicks were dreadful. I have to say that in his corners. But um, I think it, it, you have to say, is the side better with him in it than not? And it is, uh, wherever he's playing. Um, because he is one of the few leaders down there, if you'll call it that. 
Um, he makes a mistake sometimes, he'll, but, but he'll retrieve it. But his range of passing is something that none of the other players have got. And he's got a little bit of a wand. It's not a Brian Tinian, but it, it or a, a Paul Mortimer even, but it's a bit of a wand of a left foot. Um, so Scotty, James, um, Antoine at times, even though he was playing as a, as a forward, a lot of the time he dropped back into a what you I'll call it a left wing position. So if you you said oh well we slipped to a four two three one, he was on the left hand side of the three. Mm. So, uh, but they definitely start off with Naismith in, uh, with James in front of Naismith. But we've needed somebody. It's all right saying defenders bring the ball out. Eventually, they will have somebody to give it to. Yeah. And he gave the defence that option. Sometimes they didn't need to run out with it. So if they're not doing it all the time, they're less difficult to pick off. Um, and Birmingham, had to, let's be honest, they had the players in the pace to pick them off. Uh, they They impressed me, Birmingham. They weren't. Uh, a direct up and at them side. Um, I, I think um, they. I was quite. I was quite impressed with them. I was more impressed with them than when they beat us up there because when they beat us up there, they just did us from set pieces. But I thought our midfield was what I, I used the word last night, and I couldn't believe it. functioning. Yeah, it, no, it did. It did make a difference. It did yeah. make a difference. Um, Neil, um, substitutions, um, as Ian's already said, Scott went off probably to rest uh, him. Williams came on. Good option to have from the bench because he brings some legs. You might have thought that if Scott wasn't carrying a knock or tired, you could have taken James or Naismith off and have the legs of Williams to replace uh, those two. But the substitutions, um, Sam Bell got... Well, 20 minutes, more, more than 20 minutes with the time added on. Uh, what did you think of him when he came on? I've seen it said by some that that was probably his best cameo that he's had. But then there's people on the text feed on the, here saying he really does look like uh, he needs, he'll benefit from a loan. He looks like a kid who's run a competition to play a game of football, which I thought was a bit hard. But your thoughts on the uh, substitutions? Well, I mean, uh, when Jay De Silva came on uh, and. Um, went to left back and then we pushed Pringy further forward. Sam Bell for me, you know, physically there's still, you know, a bit, bit of a challenge uh, for him, you know, to step up and the physicality of it. But the last quarter of an hour, yeah. including the injury time, thought he did very well. Yeah. Ran, ran that left channel. I mean, overall, Dave, I think the team is a bit lopsided at the moment. If we if we think about our attacking endeavour yesterday, we were very very good down the left hand side, right side. You know, Tanner and I absolutely agree that from a defensive point of view, great. He, he would get a nosebleed if he came over the halfway line, and yeah. and his link up play with Sykes isn't great. Um, so that's something we have to improve on if we're going to be playing in that position. So the right hand side. But the left-hand side, De Silva coming in and Pring moving up made perfect sense. And actually, you know, it, it did make a difference because Jay defensively um, is not a bad left-back to have defensively in that situation. Mm. He doesn't um, offer... Uh, somebody's got a bit of feedback there. Mark, maybe turn you. That's it. That's better. Um, Jay, I think Pring has exposed Jay's... Uh, 
inadequacies, if I may use the term, as a forward player going forward with pace with what he did yesterday. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, Dave. And he's made that position. He's made that. He's made that position his own, in my view. What, well, what Jay doesn't have is pace. And if yeah. you're going to be playing a wing back and looking for him to get around, you need pace. And Jay, yeah. whether whether he, I'm trying to think when he first came on loan and stuff, he did break the line a few times, didn't he? And he he did run away from players. Whether those shin injuries that he's had over the years have taken a little bit of that pace away from him. but um, He reminds yeah. me a bit. Do you remember Danny Rose we had on loan yeah. who went on to enjoy great success with Spurs and England? It's a little bit like that, that you know, you, you just want that bit of zip that they don't have. And I think Ian's already said in the Birmingham lineup, was it their number 11? Was it the ball, the ball guy at left wing? You know, he, he, Graham. Jordan, Graham. Graham. Jordan Graham. I thought yeah. he had a good. Uh, I thought he had a decent game uh, for them. And Ian's <clears throat> also alluded to Bakuna, which was he was he the chap who used to play for Cardiff? For a no, years Huddersfield. Well? But, uh, Huddersfield. Right. Scored two. Scored two against us oh. that time. Do you remember Dan when we won five two? Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. And he he he's, he played very well for them. Him and Carlin Grant at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. And okay. uh, he played very. Very well, but I th- I think the substitutions we we sort out quite well. I mean, I the flip side of it is that Birmingham, the players they brought on that pitch, particularly that Hannibal from Man United, and Djukovic, who's always done us a bit of damage as well, made made a huge difference because Dini and Hogan up front for them, they were static, weren't they? They weren't on the yeah. press at all, um, and really, I I couldn't see I couldn't see how they were going to get back into the game. Well, they weren't. They were 4-1 down, yeah. weren't they? And that Hannibal's so, that guy, he's, he's listed in the team as Medjbury, yes, because they brought on that's right, yeah. and this guy in 74. And he's yeah. an attacking, uh, you just said he's a lone player from Man United, you know. So Tunis- he's a Tunisian international. He's a, good, he's a good player. He's a nasty player. Yeah. And, basic, and Birmingham yesterday, I have to say, they, they would leave a little bit in on players. After so the they ball did, had gone, all, before all that of them second collectively. Goal, yeah. Before that second goal, well, they'd done a few, as you put it, leaving in. And I think that's why the referee gave Naki the benefit of the doubt in a robust well, I, I, challenge that most referees probably would have pulled him up for that. Well, I, I think if you're a referee and you see the ball go through, it was Kevin Long he beat, wasn't it, for the yes, second yes. goal? I've got that right in it. Kevin Long, <clears throat> massive, built like the proverbial centre-back, Naki Wells... You know who who I thought was excellent yesterday. He really, I mean, he would have played. He would have known Long from Burnley, wouldn't he? When they were together at Burnley, course, so he yeah. probably knew exactly how to play against him. But as, as they're running through, the ref must have looked at that and gone, "Look at the size of the two of you, and you've gone yeah. down like an absolute sack of spuds." I'm sorry, yeah. you know, you've played that. <laughs> if if it was if it was you know a six foot or a five foot ten, five foot eleven attacker, I think he would have thought. Well, hold on a minute. There's a little bit more between the two of them. A bit more equal, yeah. That's probably a foul. But I think Naki's size there probably helped him in that situation because Got the, the way that the he day. actually did yeah, it played right. to his advantage. Yeah, um, Mark, I want to talk to you about atmosphere because there was a big move towards uh, Block A of the Dolman, much probably to the annoyance if you're a Block A season ticket holder. You had the uh, uh, the, the, the mob there. But it made for a bit of banter. It was a good atmosphere yesterday. I mean, Jeff Twentyman was saying as much on the 
Radio Bristol and Nigel, as he does, thank thank the crowd. But um, you know, it was uh, it, it, it was was good the atmosphere, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the team the team had to make the atmosphere because it, I mean, Aston Gate can sound like a library uh, at the best of times because we haven't had a lot to shout about. But the you know the, the, it, we were entertained yesterday, and that's why there was there was a fantastic atmosphere, and and that's what it should be. We can't we can't score four goals every week, but when we're playing football like that with energy, and you know, players put in challenges. I mean, even when Joe Williams, I mean, I was just watching the highlights, but while I was waiting to talk, Williams played the ball to Trusty, but <coughs> but he, he put in another tackle, won the ball and played in Semenyo. You know, it lifts the, lifts the crowd, doesn't it? And yeah. short and short passes. And we like and a good movement. tackle. We like a good tackle. Actually. Oh, God, yeah. Players like, you know, fans like a good, a good tackle, you know, full-blooded, but, you know, but fair tackling. Yeah. And, I even heard uh, a bit of "Come on, you Reds!" emanating from the back of the South Stand, the Lansdowne side of it, at one stage in the second half, which I thought was quite good. But uh, I just got to make a comment here. Noddy UK ninety nine. He's put what I think we'd all say on this. Pring has made that position his own with hard work. The reason he wasn't played there at the start of the season was because he would start blowing at sixty minutes. Hundred percent right there. Pearson brought JDS in and told Pring to work on his fitness. Now now he can play 90 minutes and still looks like he has more in the tank. 100% right. And, you know, Pearson put his arm around uh, Pring at the start of, I think, last season and recognised that there was a lad who'd been put out on loan at least five, certainly five times, you know, and has come, come, come back, you know. And fair play to Pring and fair play to... Um, Fair play to uh, Nigel for, uh, for 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 getting him to where he is now. Ian, before we talk about transfers and stuff like that, and we'll skip talking about the Blackburn game because we'll be doing another pod after the Swansea Cup game. But you know, what changes, if any, would you make for Swansea? Would you want to rest some player just and let it go, or keep the momentum going and hope that we don't pick up uh, an injury? What are your thoughts on that? I, I think we can make uh, three changes without completely upsetting the apple cart. Uh, I think you could bring uh, Jada Silva and rest Campering because he's a very important player for us. We want him fit for Blackburn. Same applies to Scott. You could bring Andy King in. And possibly, looking at Sam Bell, if, if Pearson rates him, start him and put Naki on the bench. Yeah. So those those we haven't got you know, we, we've we've got eight players out effectively. Um, so we haven't got the luxury of saying, well, we'll change all the 11. I mean, personally, I'd, I'd give players like Masengo again because I've already said I'm, I'm not not that bothered about the cup in comparison to the league. The league is everything. We have to stay in the championship. It, yeah. It's as simple as that. If we go down, it will be a real, real disaster. And I mean, of biblical proportions. So yeah. we've got to stay up. Um, and, and that for me, the cut pales into insignificance. So I wouldn't be broken hearted if we got knocked out. If we win, we've got another game that's not really going to get the pulses racing at, at, at Ashton Gate. Um, well, West Brom, West Brom at home. Yeah. Yeah. But Davis, we played, them, just, yeah. we played them twice, twice this season already. So for me, it doesn't get the pulses racing and it will be another 12,000 crowd. Um, so, uh, yeah. uh, I, you know, okay. Uh, but I would, I would make those changes, uh, and put the, 
other players on the bench just in case you know you you want to chase the game and try and win it in the last twenty minutes or something. And they're it's effective. You've got good players on the bench that can really affect the game. Uh, do you think Callas player, might? Do you think Callas well, might be on the bench? Well, another player. I don't think he will. But another another player that that you think well, okay then. Uh, leave Matty James out, bring Joe Williams in. Or yeah. bring Joe Williams yeah. in instead of King. So yeah. we, we have still got some options. Um, and uh, But no, I don't think, I think Callas this time will play some under 21 football before he's, he even gets on the bench because Pearson don't want to make that mistake again. Because remember, when he was out, and this is why people are always very suspicious, or I certainly am very suspicious, when I hear that a player is going to be out for two or three weeks, because it's normally, I mean, Callas went out uh, and he had a minor procedure. That mm. was 10 months ago. Yeah. So, well, you know, 10 always... and a half months ago now, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just, uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, okay. Um, Ian, you were, we all were to some extent. And I'll say I was, to, I think Mark and, uh, uh, and Neil less so. A week ago, we're calling for Pearson to go. He's useless. You know, he's got to go. He's got no ideas, no nothing. And here we are, you know, praising him. Are we Are we being fickle like everybody else or like the general media is on every level, not just football, but just stuff in general? You know, we go, we need your, you know, Pearson's shit. Oh, now he's great. I mean, what? He's got to build on this, hasn't he? Yes, in your view, Ian? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't need jerk on anything. I mean, the guy's had almost two full seasons of football, so it's not that's not a knee jerk. Um, he's got to what he's got to do what he's never done, and that's produce a run of consistent wins. Yeah, because we're still only four points above the relegation zone. So let's you know before we you know, we commence a circle jerk in Winterstoke Road car park. Um, Sorry, and we're think, six points above. We're six points above Huddersfield, who have got a game in hand. Yeah, but we right. got a better goal difference. Well, and that's good. That's important. The goal difference because that could be the difference. That could mean at least a place. We got um, the best the, goal difference outside. Well, Coventry are on naught. We're on minus one. But everybody from twelfth downwards is uh, excluding ourselves and Coventry. We're we're, we're better than uh, that from a goal difference. But that's great. That's great. So what's Pearson got to do? If we play like we did yesterday and we um, beat Swansea, beat Blackburn, go away from home, pick up at least two points, then I I wouldn't want him to then get sacked. Mm. But it needs to be a run. It needs to be, you know, there are sides in this division that win five or six games on the trot. We've got to become one of them and we've got to put clear daylight between us and relegation because it, it, it is all that we have left any thought any thoughts of well it's a tight division we could make the playoffs look what West Brom have done with a change of manager um, so any thoughts like that I've I won't say I've even put them to the back of my mind I've completely forgotten them it's all about survival yeah. and you see where that takes you but you win Six games on the trot, that's 18 points. 18 points are on the top of what we've got now is 50. So, yeah. and, and so that puts everybody in a relaxed frame of mind and everybody can give off their best. You can take some risks without thinking, oh, no, we lose the next two. because we And we want to have that situation sorted before the, the, 
the last four or five games of the season because we've got absolute stinkers in, in the they last have, four or yeah, five games. Yeah, people have looked forward. It's pretty horrendous. I mean, it's got, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, it's certainly got at least two of Burnley, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough in there. Another and club. That, and, and Watford. Another club that have changed their manager as well. Interesting you say about Watford. I saw a few of their games. They dropped. They seem to have a bunch of youngsters playing and uh, got well, a result. Well, they They've got about 15 players injured. Yeah, they have as well. Interesting, interesting. Neil, let's start talking about. I mean, look, the window's open. Uh, it's, we're halfway through the window. Uh, we talked about doing business early. We've done one bit of business, which was Riley Towler, and I think Pompey lost three 0 on his uh, league debut. I don't know if he played in any other game uh, in midweek, but um, if we go out and sign, well, we can't sign anybody until we've sold. That's that was made clear by Richard Gould in that interview yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and he did say that we've had offers for four or five players wow. about two days after Nigel said we haven't had any offers. Mm. So it's kind of that mixed messaging. I know there was an excellent host that replaced you last week, Dave. And we did, <laughs> we did, uh, and we did uh, speak about the, uh, uh, a little bit about the lack of, you know, people coming forward. John, John Lansdowne was at the game yesterday. I was walking through the car park and he pulled in in his la- in his Range Rover, got out with his wife and and kids and stuff. And I thought, well, excellent time for Jeff Twentyman to actually try and grab an interview with John Lansdowne. But obviously, that's never going to happen, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so he he had a, a really good interview with Richard Gould, but Richard Gould really should have been interviewed, should have been coming forward two three weeks ago saying what the plans were, you know, what what's the situation. Pearson's had to be moved forward the whole time and he doesn't want to talk about finance, he doesn't want to talk about these things, he wants to focus on the football. Yeah. But because no one else at the club is actually talking up until yesterday, he's having to make this, you know, bat off. Our, and he doesn't want to talk about transfers, he doesn't want to talk about offers, he doesn't want to have anything that disrupts the team. Yeah, But it's quite... it's. When they say four or five offers of players, you're probably talking about Martin, who I think is linked with Reading, isn't he? Bizarrely enough. Seriously. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Could go to Dar- he could go to Derby, couldn't he? Yeah, that would be a logical move. But, help uh, him and, and, uh, and obviously Stoke with, with Bentley. So when, when we say offers, sometimes it, the offers are, we'll pay six, you know, 50% of their wages and we want 75%. So it's not an actual... What is an offer at the end of the day? And, you know, it could be just somebody wanting to take a player off your hands by paying an X percentage of their of their wages rather than an actual transfer. Well, it's never done until they actually sign on the dotted line because it's all speculation. And if you remember when Joe Bryan went to Aston Villa, he was on the verge of signing up there. He's even pictured in a shirt, not that it ever made the media before his agent said, no, we got a better deal for you down at uh, Fulham. Uh, and as I say, the rest is history. I mean, Matt 78 said a few minutes ago on the text, I think if we keep the shape, we only need to sign a centre-half and a wide player. Uh, well, I, why sign a centre-half when hopefully Callas is maybe coming uh, coming back and a wide player, I guess you're hinting there that, you know, if we stick to this shape, then it's a wide player uh, to who's who's an upgrade. Because well, the I, thing is, Neil, if we yeah. do if we do sell... And I think the only ones that are going to raise credible money would be Scott and Semenyo. But then when you bring people in, they have to be better than what 
we have and the shape yesterday if we pl- if we if we could say we get no more injuries yeah which isn't going to happen obviously but just look at the shape of the side yesterday and ian with his team selection for um, Swansea in the cup, you know, just so we could make well, King could come in for this and that, you know, we can rotate a few players. Okay, the problem is if there are injuries, but we got to go out and get players in that are better than what we've got, haven't we? Yeah, because there's well, no, well, point, there's I no think point the, in signing uh, anybody. No, I think the point that I think the point that Ian made on injuries when they quote two, three weeks, I mean. I don't think Weiman's going to actually be back in two or three weeks. When you say two or three weeks as an injury, it's very rare that you actually see a player back with inside that. It started at two, then it's gone three. We haven't heard anything about Conway, um, other than the fact that he goes, well, we're just waiting on the consultant, which never really sounds good, does it? Um, yeah. And he, he was walking down. There's The uh, the um, official side did a bit of a video thing of Pringy walking down with Kane Wilson and uh, Conway, and Conway was limping quite badly. But Wilson at right back, again, you know, defensively, is he up to it? Is Certainly, it, it, he would give us something yeah. more offensively. I think mm. Sykes, um, on that right side, yes, he scored two goals yesterday, and yes, the formation suited, and yes, we got more bodies into the box. But at other times, he looked, he did look a division, uh, sorry, a League One player. Yeah, and I mean, you could argue they got they got caught. The two of them got yeah. caught a number of times. If you're going to upgrade on what you've got, you could argue that you could get. If and we're going to stick with this formation, you could get an upgrade on Tanner because he's still a youngster. Yeah, yeah. And dare I say it? I mean, I don't see Kane Wilson as defensive. He was brought in for the alleged wing back role. Yeah, but could you push Kane Wilson right up? Because a lot of his goals, if you've seen them for Forest Green or his creates as much as anything, you know, they were getting the ball in in a way that Sykes didn't do yesterday, even though he scored two goals and, and well done him. Um, well, the, the, the difference, the different the last thing I'll say about Sykes, the running, he's got a bit of pace about him. And where we played, the formation that we played yesterday allowed the players that we have. We're not a particularly pacey team, but we're not, in the same respect, we're not the players at the back aren't as slow as the Birmingham players were yesterday, yeah. particularly long in the middle, obviously. But Sykes, he did run inside and got, you know, that elbow smash, didn't he, from from Long, that Long got the yellow card for in the first 20 minutes or something. Yeah. But I I don't see enough about him as an offensive player. Other take Setting to one side, fantastic that he got the two goals yesterday. I think the right-hand side is still not great. Yeah. And who's to say that if Scott went, that it wouldn't be on a... I think anybody who's talking 20 million is, is in cloud cuckoo land, but, you know, you, you could say 15 million plus add-ons based on number of appearances, maybe getting a full England call-up or whatever, whatever. Well, you could, say, you could say 80 million based on anything, couldn't you? So yeah. it, it's like... But what's realistic? It, We're just speculating. Well, it, and I, until I, I was someone say, has to... Until someone actually spends money, I mean, what I was told from 100% unimpeachable, impeccable source yesterday, is we have had offers, but none of them meet our valuation. Now, you have to know what the valuation is. And if it's quoted at £25 for Scott, which probably includes add-ons, 
I think we're living in cloud cuckoo land. Absolutely, in the current climate, 100%. Wolves wolves have bought four players, four internationals, um, guys with Premier League experience for for that money. Mm. So they're doing business, they're spending money, they've got to to survive in that division. 12 mil, let's say it was 12 mil plus add-ons, that would make a difference to us in sense of if it was allowed to be spent and but on better players unless Scott is loaned back. Mark, you 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 know, you 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 um you, you know, we're all I think we're all on the same page with this looks a good shape and you know, Ian said about the team for Swansea, you know, it shows that we can move it round a little bit and almost retain that shape. And we just hope Nigel takes the same view and if Andy Vyman is back in three weeks he doesn't try and bring in back in because he's a must-play player. But, I mean, the window, it's halfway through. Um, nothing coming in until something goes out. So do you think whatever happens, it's going to be after the Huddersfield game, which is the 28th of the month, before there's any movement? Um, I, I'm resigned myself to, to, to nothing happening. I think logic tells you that City are trying to put, put uh, clubs off with, with ridiculous... With ridiculous uh, um, fees for 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 Semenya and and Scott, neither of whom will, will, will could go, you know, would start in the Premier League because neither are good enough. Scott will be good enough in six months to a year. Being good enough at the moment, he needs to, you know, he needs to be a lot more consistent. And Semenya as well. Uh, yeah. So our valuations are, 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 are ridiculous. I think they're they're designed for a purpose. We we feel that we don't need to sell them now. But we will we'll have to move Semenyo on in the summer because he's not going to sign a new contract. Scott has got a longer contract. So the only way to build their value is for them to play improved performances. So that leaves us with the likes of, of uh, will anybody take a punt on Bentley, who's got six months left on his contract. Similarly with Martin. And, and, that, and that's it. That, that's not going to get you much, is it? Uh, in, no, in, it's uh, just going to take. In, in it's not going to get you much in fees. It's, it's not going to alleviate. It's not going to. It's bill. not going to match. Yeah, it's going to alleviate the, the wage bill. The town of money went straight into the academy. That wasn't go, going to help. Uh, uh, that wasn't going into transfer fund. So really, don't expect anything. When it's just you know, just uh, I think we, uh, we made we made use of what we of what we had yesterday. Worked very well. Any more injuries? We would, you know, if we lost either Semenya or Wells, with those while those other two are injured, then we'd be in real trouble. Well, that's which it. Is we why, would, we, it which is be, why yeah. I'd, yeah, well, I take what selling, I, I selling t- Bentley. If you if you sell Bentley, you've got to bring in an experienced goalkeeper because Badgick isn't ready. And if anything happened to O'Leary, you'd be you'd be right in the clag. So, yeah, well, that, but can you not do, emergency, can can you not do emergency signings for goalkeepers on that? Well, you basis? could get you could get a loan in, but that's going to co- that's going to cost you anyway. So all you're doing is exp- you're just exchanging one problem for another, aren't you? So what I'm saying Ian, is those are the only saleable assets or or pe- players that, that are likely to move on from money, if at all. But well, why would anybody what? But why would anybody want to buy Bentley if he's he's out of favour and he's only got six months left on his contract? It doesn't well, seem if, the if same were... idea, does it? Yeah, if if they were desperate, I don't see the point of loaning him out. Um, uh, and if they were desperate, Pierce, in fairness to, to Pearson, and I'm being very fair to him today, aren't I? He did say that as an update on Conway that he doesn't need an op. But we have been told that about players before. And then three, four weeks later, they're not making the progress we thought they'd make. Off they go for a scan and all of a sudden they need an op and then they're gone for the season. Well, you look so, at Naismith. I mean, he was out, going to be out for 10 days, which lasted about four to six weeks, didn't it? 
Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's my that's my fear. Uh it's not a criticism. It's just I think a lot of our uh injury um uh our injury comments are laced with wishful thinking. Um and, and, and I I'm not a great believer in wishful thinking. I think if you've got a risk in place, you go worst case scenario, then if it's better, then it's good news. All you're ever gonna receive is good news, you're not gonna receive bad news. Yeah. No, that's true. Ian, do you think Semenyo's value is greater if he goes in January than if we wait until the summer? Because come the summer, you know, he's just got one year left on his contract, yeah? And yeah. if he's on your shopping list in the summer, you might buy him. But, you know, is he worth more if he's sold now? Particularly if he has, he could have three more good games before the window shuts to prove he's got his mojo back. Well, he, he what Semenyo needs to do to get his value up is score goals and get goals and assists. That's why teams in this division are looking at Stewart and they're looking at Goikeriz because they they score goals. It's as simple as that. Uh, and if he between now and the end of the season he could get ten goals and ten assists, his value would be a great deal more in the summer. If you looked at him yesterday. Um, you, you'd see a player that you could play wide, you could play down the middle, someone with some pace, uh, a lot of strength, a lot of power. But if someone looked around and said, but 20 million, you think, me, hang on, what else can I get for 20 million? I could get four players for that, which seems to have been Wolves thinking. Um, 25 million for Scott, or do we go out and get four top-class international players who've got a lot more experience. Yeah, albeit they're older. They're not about signing a centre-forward who's, who's 30 from PSV. Yeah. Um, I think it's a PSV or it could be Paris Saint-Germain. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he's a very experienced, uh, well-rated guy. So it's that level. And those guys are costing them 9 million tops. So and yeah, some the of wages, them are, are, wages some, uh, will be a lot higher, well, won't they, Ian? We, well, yeah, possibly. But Scott's wages, I mean, Scott's not going to go out there for anything like he's earning down at City ground. He's going to want, I'm guessing, something. If he goes in the Premier League, he'll be earning something like eight times as much for if a player if he moves for a big fee. So um, I, I, it's, it's one of those, it's a little bit of an imponderable, but uh, Scott's, we can be more relaxed about Scott, providing he doesn't get all little men running around in his head and, and suddenly is. Um, appetite for the game goes because he you know we've turned him down to move to the big time so to speak mm-hmm. um so it, it's up to it's up to the players if they want to increase their value the way they increase their value is by playing brilliantly playing well. playing for well. us you imagine if if they did play brilliantly Semenyu got back to his last season form started getting goals and assists and then we did climb the table and we did make a miraculous surge that attracts an awful lot of attention. And yeah. that's when, when scouts start saying, hang on a minute, Mr. Chairman, you need to get down here and have a look at this kid and part with some money because he's something yeah. else. Now, at the moment, if you've seen him so far this season and someone was talking about 20 million, you'd say, well, no, hang on, mate, you're having a laugh, aren't you? Take a Seriously? Yeah, well, five. You, you yeah. Know, and, and that's the way the, that's the, way the world okay. is. Okay. I think, okay. I think All right. just, just, there's just something I want to throw in. I, I remember in a, a great interview once with Steve Bruce when he was manager of Wigan Athletic and he talked about signing Emil Heskey 
and being honest with him, and because they're a small small club playing in the Premier League with a very small supporter base, he said to him, if you want to move on to a bigger club, do well at Wigan and I'll get you a move. And he went to Aston Villa. And every club's going to be a selling club, but it's you know, especially clubs like Bristol City, where you where you imp- you mould players and you sell them on for bigger fees. Uh, Pearson could say to Semenya, "Look, if you want to get that big move in the summer, prove your worth, score yeah. goals for Bristol City, put in those performances every week, and you'll get a move. I guarantee it. Do well here, you'll get you'll get your move. It's just yeah. being honest. That's yeah. the way the world works." Okay, uh, look, I think we're almost done. I, I know Ian's not a fan of talking about uh, stuff away from Bristol City, but I was just watching a little bit of uh, football on TV yesterday in four clubs. Start with uh, uh, you first, Neil, on this. I mean, the resurgence of Man United under uh, Eric Ten Hag and the resurgence of Marcus Rashford. I mean, I saw Man United Tottenham last season in the flesh up at uh, up at Old Trafford uh, when Ronaldo got that hat-trick. And I thought Marcus Rashford looked a very troubled individual. He wasn't on his game, but uh, goodness me, you know, they're right back up there now. And equally, the demise of Liverpool, what's going on there? And look at Brighton yesterday, you know, that third goal from Danny Welbeck. But uh, what are your thoughts looking up there, if you have any, at um, what, what it's well, the, like? The Man, United, the Man United scenario... Uh, my youngest is a massive Man United fan and we went up last season like you, we went up to the Norwich game and everything went through Ronaldo and I think the players, you could just tell the body language was like, oh God, this guy on the pitch. In the same way that you were making a point about Deeney, you know, having that influence on the pitch as well as off the pitch. You've taken Ronaldo out of that team now and Fernandez is back a little bit to the way he was before having the impact on the game and I think the players are like more recognisable because they're allowed to play the way that they want to play rather than having to be subservient to Ronaldo I think the team became all about Ronaldo Mm. so for Rashford yeah I think he's said before the World Cup he was having a difficult time in in his personal life but the actual team itself, to answer your question about Man United, they are just playing now to their strength, in the same way like with us yesterday. They mm. are playing now to their strengths, whereas before they were trying to mould a team around a 37-year-old ageing yeah. superstar. Yeah. Liverpool, I think Klopp's going to go You know, at the end of the season because there's too many players there that have aged. The team itself has aged and realistically they, they've tried this rotation of players but defensively they haven't they've never really been great defensively have they no. you know no, no. Um, and Robertson's getting on Van Dyke needs a quality and he keeps rotating the center backs around Van Dyke but obviously he's out injured now he didn't play yesterday did he I haven't seen no. That. no no he's injured so so yeah so you, realistically I can see Klopp going. I, there, yeah. was, there, was a piece, there was a piece on him about a seven-year it. I think the last three clubs or something, he's left in the seventh, at the end of the seventh it's season. It's time to move on. Okay. Seventh okay. season at Liverpool. And I, you just think as a club, they've kind of stagnated and then fallen away a bit now. Yeah. Mark, um, little, little Lee Johnson and uh, Dean Holden, the two previous to Nigel managers. I mean, Lee... 
seems to be on uh, thin ice at the moment. They were losing and got an equaliser in injury time. Uh, they did win in midweek at Motherwell, which, if you like, acted as some recompense maybe in the fans' eyes for the fact they lost the Edinburgh derby the previous week. But um, he's got a task on his hands up there, winning them over. Where and Whereas uh, um, Dean's gone into Charlton, I think they got their third win in a row, didn't disgrace themselves at Old Trafford. Um, you know, who's going to be in a job uh, in 12 months' time? You'd put your money on Dean, really, wouldn't you, rather than uh, rather than Lee? Yeah, they're going for the, there's there's takeover talks that they're there at Charlton and there's uh, since they got on the, I think they got on the playoff final, didn't they? A few years ago they they've really struggled but they've had ownership ownership uh, problems, haven't they? With the famous tennis ball uh uh protests when they were throwing those onto the pitch, you remember? Yeah. Those sort of soft protests that took off two or three seasons ago. That's a team really should be in the championship, Charlton Athletic, Charlton, with, yeah. with their with yeah. their support and their ground. The Valley's a, a fantastic. Well, I remember ground. what was it? Steve Grit and Alan Kerbishley, and they got yeah. rid of those two, and they never really be careful what you wish for. It certainly. Yeah, that, uh... the same the same happened when you know Allardyce was it uh, was it Blackburn when the Venkis came in. Yeah, be, yeah, exactly. Be careful what you wish for. But yeah, I think the problem uh, that um, Lee Johnson's got is when you've got a, a, a club like, you know, Hearts competing, they're, you're always looking over over the road, aren't you? Uh, and really, Hibs should be should be up near the top of the division and, yeah. and they're, they're struggling. But yeah, I'm not too bothered about them. I always like Lee. I think Lee, Lee's quite pretentious. Dean is a lot more honest. And I really he just is. wish Dean uh, all, all the... But he, I, I've had a chat with him. Remember, we did, we did the Liverpool commemoration for the 25th anniversary and he talked for me for about 20 minutes really lovely fella and you know yeah gives us a lot of time for people i think he had personal tragedy i think he lost him and his wife lost a child didn't they yes, uh, a, did. young, a young child yeah. and you wish him you wish him he's had not back well. to a city at stoke, stoke. because he, he he was a casualty of michael o'neill yeah. he's got another job wish him all the luck in the world good luck and hopefully him. he could get them to the playoffs which might yeah set his credentials and you know even if he didn't manage in the championship yeah i mean you know, he, you know it would have been good for him playing at old trafford all right they got beat 3-0 but it was only a couple of late goals i know, would have done I his know. with rashford again good. wasn't it rashford coming on yeah with the two late but ones. to go there and he would have said to i mean he's he's a he's a lad for, i think he's from salford isn't he so he's he's from that area dean old and you know grounded in in, in uh, oh he's a united fan area. he is a united yeah. fan so okay. he, he would have taken them there and got the player to soak that up and say learn you know learn yeah. they would have learned something so good okay. luck dean old and deserves all the all the best from us ian right? you ian you've said that this division is probably the softest division it's going to be well certainly compared to next season because if you look at the the bottom three of the um, <clears throat> Premier League now. What is it? Is it Everton, West Ham and Southampton? Is that right? Yeah, I think there's two points separating the bottom seven in the Premier uh, League. But let's drop down to League League One. And uh, Ipswich Town, um, it was interesting. Somebody put it on our forum, but uh, they signed that Ladapo in the summer, a uh, player we were linked with. And then they've been out and signed... Hurst and Broadhead, and I think it was an Ipswich Town fan was saying something like, "We only play one up front, but they've gone out and bought two more forward players." Um, Mark Ashton's up to his tactics again of buying players. For, it would seem for the sake of it, and they're not in the top two. That's very much the domain of Plymouth and uh, Sheffield Wednesday, and then they're in a four in the playoffs: Ipswich, Barnsley, Derby, and Bolton. I mean. 
they're going to come under a lot of scrutiny if they don't go up this year, aren't they? I don't really know. I don't know. I know their owners are an American company, and there was some talk that the American company were uh, looking to buy City, but balked at the price, which created the situation uh, where they were looking for an unaffordable club. And they looked at Ipswich and thought, "Yep, yeah, that'll do. Good, good fan base, good support. They had a yeah. good crowd there yesterday. Twenty nine thousand. Wes Burns scored their goal, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we know what Ashton's like. I mean, we, we've had the experience of him. Um, he went out and got the players. He was allowed to do it. Uh, the budget was there for him to do it. And his big idea was, well, we'll grow these players into superstars and we'll sell them for a lot of money. But when you look at the players that moved out for a lot of money, it wasn't many of the ones that we bought. No. Uh, he, did, he wasn't responsible for bringing in Jonathan Codger, uh, but he sold him. But... You could have done that. Um, Adam and Webster. it was Lee that wanted Adam Webster, wasn't well, it? Because he well, said, all right, let, let uh, Flynn go, but I want Webster, who came yeah. with a poor injury. I was just, just going to say that, Dave. There um, you go. <laughs> so you, you, you've got... Uh, but if you look at the players we made money out of, uh, Bobby Reed, Lloyd Kelly, Joe Bryan, all came through the academy, nothing to do with him. Josh Brownhill was another Lee Johnson one because he had him on loan from, I think it was he had him on loan from Preston at Barnsley. Correct. And what a good job. Uh, that was another player we sold and made significant money on. So Yeah, he, he had Ivan Tony on loan from Barnsley at Barnsley as well, isn't it? Funny how things well, work a lot, out. A lot of players. That, and that's about foresight. That's about seeing a player. But we had the chance to sign Tony here and we wouldn't pay the money. So yeah. serve us right. Um, yeah. And if you look at clubs like, um, uh, well, Brentford, classic example, you look at, at Brentford, what they had, what they've done and where they are, and you look at us, it makes me want to cry. And it, it must make Stephen Lansdowne want to throw himself on the floor and pull his hair out. Yeah. Um, although substantially, it, it's down to him because he employed Mark Ashton, gave him free reign. He, he wanted Lee Johnson in his manager. He yeah. had that. And and it hasn't worked out, and it hasn't worked out for. I think Lee was a bit unfortunate uh, to get the bullet at Sunderland, but once again, he didn't get them. He didn't get them yeah. up. I think when he left there, his win rate was about fifty percent. So he was a bit unfortunate. He there. got he got walloped. He got walloped by three or four of their rivals. I think there was a four or five and a six nil. I know. That, I think it was Bolton six nil, and I think that's what did him. Yeah. And the, well, the only place you can survive that type of run is is Bristol City, Ashton Gate. Absolutely. Um, All right, guys. Look, that's been that's been really interesting. Uh, I think yeah, Mark uh, Ashton. I think with Phil Alexander, who wasn't on Radio Bristol yesterday, uh, as some he said they, he might be on the, on the forum. It was Richard Gould? Interesting chat with him. But I think Phil Phil Alexander is a very different kettle of fish to um, uh, Mark Ashton. And I don't think just reading what I've read so far. Uh, and interacting with a couple of Palace fans, he's not the guy that's going to be going out buying players. His forte is more on the commercial side, and I think Brian Tinian and is going to be the person working with Nigel. And whilst Brian might well report up to the chief exec, I don't think he's going to be anything like the uh, megalomaniac on playing matters that uh, that Mark Ashton was. But guys, look, it's been uh, it's been great. It was uh, Ian did an excellent job last week. Uh, as did Neil's son. I'm thinking he's maybe not locked him in the cabinet this week because there were some good comments uh, about his uh, 
input to the program but uh, to program to the episode to the podcast but uh, we'll be back doing another one after uh the i was calling it plymouth at the beginning of episode i don't know why but after the swansea game i don't know if it's on is it on a live feed anywhere at all chaps or or not and this is on bbc and this is on bbc wales you never you never know sometimes it perhaps it oh it might be, BBC be. Wales. it might be on there yeah or maybe we should have an away day going across to swansea no maybe not well maybe we'll do one maybe should we do one after should we do one after the swansea game what do we think well yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah a good idea yeah, after every fixture we, can, we, can we may have made some signings by then we may we may <laughs> Yeah, yeah Albert Doma could be back, couldn't they? Maybe not. But uh, look, great, great to be back. No sound problems this week. I've come into the office, so I know I have uh, more internet integrity in here than I do at home. But uh, but there we go. Uh, Ian, Neil, and Mark, thank you for your contribution. Good bunch of listeners today. This episode will take us through 115,000 downloads since we started. So we're tracking 700 people a week and listening to us witter on about Bristol City. And as somebody said to me, don't look at podcasts as a means to make any money. We certainly don't do that. But, um, you know, we're giving ourselves uh, a a table to table our views in front of uh, 700 people. That's a lot of people, actually. So thanks to all of you lot for uh, listening. And guys, thanks for your contribution this morning. Have a great week. All the best. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the river robins are bubba-bubbing along. When the red, red robin comes bubba-bubbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. Red, red, round, and start bobbing along.